Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Connie. Today is Monday, August 21st, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Thank you for joining us today. Looking at the weather, Riverside will be experiencing a high of 81.9 degrees and a low of 68.2 degrees on this mid-August day. Now on to the news we have lined up for you today. The political landscape gains heat as Donald Trump opts to skip the GOP presidential primary debate, casting doubt on other candidates' momentum. In weather news, Tropical Storm Hillary leaves a trail of devastation across Southern California and Mexico, with flooding, mudslides, and power outages. In the world of finance, PayPal's stablecoin is on the rise, seeming set to succeed where Facebook's Libra stumbled. On the international front, an anti-corruption candidate clinches a landslide victory in the critical Guatemalan presidential election. Stay with us to delve into these stories and more on Alex's News. Welcome to today's top story. Former President Donald Trump has chosen to sidestep the first Republican presidential primary debate and possibly others. This news has been confirmed by multiple sources, including the Associated Press, the New York Post, CBS News, and the New York Times. To help us break down this unexpected development, we have our reporter Elias joining us. Elias, can you give us an overview of the situation? Certainly, Connie. Trump announced his decision to not participate on his social media platform, Truth Social. His reasoning, he believes the public knows him and is aware of his successful presidency from his perspective, thus seeing no need to take part in these debates. It is still unclear if this decision pertains just to the pending debates or all primary debates. Trump isn't new to making such decisions, is he, Elias? Absolutely right, Connie. Trump skipped some major GOP debates during his 2016 campaign and again in the 2020 election. Now, by staying away from the debate stage, he is intensifying an ongoing feud with Fox, whom he accused of being a hostile network. This feud is stoked by Fox's perceived favoritism towards Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, a key Trump rival. What has been the reaction of the other contenders to Trump's decision? Well, quite predictably, they've goaded him. They accuse him of lacking the guts to show up and feel his absence may be an opportunity to land a firm hit against the frontrunner. The impact of Trump's decision to skip these debates seems potentially game-changing. What could be the effect on the other candidates or the dynamics of the race? Absolutely, Connie. His absence could affect the momentum of other candidates who were gearing up to challenge him on stage. That said, lesser-known candidates might not even qualify for the debate. Criteria set by the Republican National Committee for Participation include having at least 40,000 individual donors and polling at least 1% in designated national polls. I understand that there's also some uncertainty surrounding candidate eligibility for these debates, correct? Correct. The New York Times reports that it's unknown how many Republicans have qualified for the debate so far, with former Governor Asa Hutchinson of Arkansas claiming eligibility. What is certain is that seven candidates have qualified among them are Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, former Vice President Mike Pence, and Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina. Now tell us, Elias, why the location of this upcoming debate is of particular significance. Well, the debate venue is Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 
a historically contentious state in presidential elections, Wisconsin is one of the few remaining swing states, often decided by small margins. The Republican National Committee intentionally selected to focus on this battleground state for their first debate and the national convention. Can you speculate on what may happen on the day of the debate given that Trump won't be on stage? While Trump won't be physically present, his views and statements are likely to be a focal point. His absence may also provide an opportunity for other candidates to gain some traction by effectively making their case to voters. What remains unclear is how this will actually affect voter perceptions and the dynamics of the race. Thanks so much for your insights, Elias. We're moving on to our second major news of the day, a somewhat unusual atmospheric event. Tropical Storm Hillary has been making headlines as it brings heavy rain, flooding, and mudslides to Southern California, an area that doesn't typically see this type of weather pattern, and parts of Mexico as well. For an in-depth analysis of the situation, I'll turn things over to our trusted reporter, Grace. Grace, can you provide us with an overview of the current situation? Absolutely, Connie. Well, to start with, Tropical Storm Hillary was the first tropical storm to hit Southern California in 84 years, which is incredibly significant. It triggered road closures, power blackouts, and advisories for residents to simply stay home. As we have been seeing from footage on news outlets like NPR, AP, and CNN, the storm has caused widespread disruptions. We're talking about cars partly underwater, streets resembling rushing rivers, and even blackouts in multiple locations. Quite some impact it's made. Tell us more about where the storm began and its path. Hillary initially made landfall in Mexico, hitting cities like Ensenada and Tijuana, before moving through Tijuana towards San Diego. The consequences were quite severe there, with flash floods, mudslides, isolated tornadoes, high winds, and power outages. Reports show some mountain communities received over six inches of rain, and desert areas have the potential to receive more rain than they normally would all year. We've heard about significant flooding, particularly in populous mountain areas along the coast of Los Angeles. Has there been any emergency response in those areas? Absolutely. Cities in these areas issued school closures and warnings advising people to stay off the roads. The severity of the situation even led to California Governor Gavin Newsom declaring a state of emergency. Interesting. Can you shed some light on some other peculiar incidents connected to this storm? Well, this storm has even caused an unexpected earthquake near Ojai with a preliminary magnitude of 5.1, which is quite remarkable. And down in Mexico, beaches were closed, shelters were opened, and tragically, one person drowned in Santa Rosalia when the storm hit. Such an unfortunate event. President Joe Biden has also urged for precautions, correct? That's right, Connie. Both President Biden and Governor Newsom are urging residents in areas affected by the storm to do everything they can to stay safe. This includes, among others, driving restrictions and the cancellation of classes in California and Nevada. In an effort to protect vulnerable populations, homeless individuals in Los Angeles and San Diego are also being encouraged to seek safety indoors in available shelters. Lastly, Grace, what are the speculations about potential implications or consequences as the storm weakens? Authorities are warning residents to be wary of burn scars from recent wildfires, as rushing water can exacerbate the impact, potentially causing landslides. And there are serious disruptions to expect. Over 1,000 flights have been canceled and more than 4,900 delayed.
Flash flood warnings have been issued for over 7 million people, and the National Weather Service has warned of life-threatening conditions associated with the storm. So, even as Hillary weakens, it continues to pose a significant threat to the region. Thank you for that comprehensive report, Grace, and for keeping us updated on the important details about Tropical Storm Hillary. We're looking forward to updates from you as the situation progresses. Of course, Connie. I'll make sure to provide the latest updates as the situation unfolds. We move on to our third story of the day, focusing on PayPal's new stablecoin, PayPal USD. PayPal is confidently stepping into an arena where Facebook's Libra stumbled. Ethan, our specialty correspondent on this issue, is with us to dive deeper into this topic. Ethan, can you give us the lowdown on this development and why PayPal might have an edge over Facebook in this space? Absolutely, Connie. PayPal's stablecoin ambitions have created quite a buzz. And it's not just a buzz. Sources like Reuters, The Economic Times, and Kdal610.com suggest that PayPal could indeed succeed where Facebook didn't. Now, this confidence emanates from several factors. The first of which is PayPal's astute understanding of Washington policymakers' perspectives on stablecoins, a knowledge base they've acquired over the years of their presence there. And how exactly does this presence make a difference? So, when Facebook launched Libra back in 2019, they faced a lot of political opposition and regulatory confusion, mainly because stablecoins were relatively new and policymakers weren't familiar with them. PayPal, on the other hand, went in with a better governmental rapport and with lawmakers now more knowledgeable about stablecoins. This automatically put PayPal at an advantage, primarily because they had less regulatory resistance to counter, which wasn't the case for Facebook. So you're saying that increased understanding of stablecoins on the policymakers' side is one of the critical elements benefiting the success of PayPal's stablecoin? That's correct, Connie. Furthermore, the U.S. Congress has so far failed to agree on a bill for federal regulation for stablecoins. This adds to PayPal's pile of advantages, as their systematic lobbying efforts regarding cryptocurrencies have helped establish their credibility. Being a recognized financial operator, this adds to their advantage over Facebook. Now on to the specifics of PayPal's stablecoin. Can you explain what's special about PayPal USD? Yes, the specifics indeed add weight to the PayPal USD. It will be issued through Paxos Trust, a digital trust company, backed by US dollar deposits, and will be overseen by the New York State Department of Financial Services. This regulated, transparent approach adds to PayPal USD's credibility. There have been concerns regarding the launch of stablecoins without federal oversight, haven't there? Yes, people like Congresswoman Maxine Waters have indeed expressed concerns. But the overall reaction has been quite muted. The U.S. Treasury has been studying stablecoins for two years, and the consensus is building around the idea that prudential regulators should oversee them. What does this mean for the state of stablecoins in general? Well, In a broader picture, Connie, stablecoins are facing challenges to gain mainstream acceptance. Yet there's a notable growth in their market size, and the urgency for regulatory standards is being recognized. Besides, global efforts for regulating crypto assets and decentralized finance are intensifying. So, it seems PayPal has navigated this minefield quite deftly? It certainly seems so, Connie. They've banked on their pre-existing connections, the growing understanding of stablecoins among policymakers, and the regulated approach to issuing their stablecoin. While federal oversight remains a gray area, measures are being worked out to involve state regulators. 
This launch could mark an important point in the maturing crypto landscape. Thank you, Ethan, for taking us through this complex landscape and explaining why PayPal's stablecoin could succeed where Facebook's didn't. You're welcome, Connie. It's going to be interesting to follow the progress of this story. We now turn our attention to Guatemala, where some surprising news is making headlines. In the recent presidential election, the anti-corruption candidate, Bernardo Arevalo, celebrated a landslide victory. Chloe, this is a significant development for a nation that has long wrestled with corruption, isn't it? Absolutely, Connie. And what's incredible is that Arevalo and his Samila party were virtually unknown just a few months ago. So, the Guatemalan people's endorsement of his candidacy by more than 20 percentage points over his closest competitor, former First Lady Sandra Torres, is quite remarkable. So what does this look like on the ground? Are the Guatemalan people expressing hope? Definitely. Arevalo supporters have been celebrating in the streets, filled with hope that this will represent a significant turning point in Guatemala's fight against corruption. His victory is viewed as a critical test of Guatemala's democratic credentials and a strong signal for change. What's been the reaction from the outgoing president and from Arevalo's closest competitor? The outgoing president, Alejandro Jamate, congratulated Arevalo in a gesture that emphasized the importance of a smooth transition of power, which is crucial in upholding democratic principles. However, former First Lady Sandra Torres has not conceded defeat. She plans to challenge the election results, which, of course, just extends the uncertainty surrounding this outcome. That's interesting. Now, Chloe, considering the recent history of Guatemala with corruption scandals and democratic backslides, what can we expect from Arevalo's presidency? Well, Connie, while Arevalo's victory is considered an opportunity to overturn corruption and restore democracy, it won't be easy. Remember, Congress is expected to remain under the control of establishment parties, which might provide challenges to implementing promised reforms. Plus, some analysts fear attempts to undermine Arevalo's victory, given there were earlier efforts to disqualify him and his party. And how do these domestic challenges and potential opportunities resonate on an international level? That's an excellent point to touch on, Connie. The international community, especially the United States, will closely watch Arevalo's presidency, as Guatemala is a significant source of migration to the U.S. It is hoped that his leadership will tackle the root causes of migration by promoting economic growth, reducing inequality, and improving governance. Fascinating indeed. Chloe, I understand the international media weighed in heavily on Arevalo's victory? Yes, Connie, reports from various sources such as NPR, The Financial Times, CNN, WGLT, France 24, and the New York Times, all highlight the significance of Arevalo's win, potential challenges he may face, and the prospective impact on Guatemala's future. What an unprecedented and potentially transformative time in Guatemala. Thank you for your insights, Chloe. My pleasure, Connie. Always happy to delve into these complex global matters. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-T4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, Eleven Labs, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.